Hello and welcome to Fireside Filemaker, a podcast with John Mark Osborne and Michael Richard talking about everything Filemaker. Hello, I'm Michael Richard. And my name is John Mark Osborne. And welcome to Fireside Filemaker. Today we're going to talk about the data separation model. Now I know that's something that you know a lot about, John, so go ahead. Yeah, I, I would say that I know a lot about it because I dislike it so much. And I know we've talked a lot about this, but we're going to give the separation model a fair shake at the beginning here. So you understand it, first of all, and then understand why we don't like it. So for those of you who aren't familiar with this technique, it's a separation of the data and the interface into two separate files. Normally, in a traditional FileMaker scenario, the data and the interface are all in one file. That's what I prefer to do. That's what Michael prefers to do. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. But some people like to separate them. In fact, some databases require you to do that. FileMaker is a different story, and we'll get into why they do it the way they do it. But let's talk about the separation model. What's the advantage? And I'm not an expert because I don't employ it myself, but I've talked to enough people, read enough articles, and I think I can summarize pretty well the advantages. The biggest one is it allows off-site development without importing. So what that means is that since you have the interface separate from the data, you can update the interface file and just swap it out without any importing at all. It also allows you to isolate proprietary and non-proprietary information. I don't really see that one, but that's one of the points that people make. So this can actually be very easily achieved with FileMaker, the separation model that is, by connecting two files by simply sharing table occurrences. You can go into the relationship graph in Managed Database and quickly and easily bring a table occurrence from an external file right into the current file and then show a layout of data from that other file. So it's like that other file, even though it's separate, is living inside your current file. So that's what the separation model is about. Put all the scripts, the layouts, all the interface stuff in one file, and then put all the data, which will be the tables and the fields in another file. And then inside the separation or the interface file, you're going to simply put in a table occurrence to allow you to display information in that interface. So all the layouts are actually going to be done inside the interface file, even though the data is all the way back in the data file. Right. Now, one of the things, one of the reasons people say this is so good is because you can work on the on the interface without having to work on the data file. But it's been my experience that you're always going to have to add new fields and new tables, not necessarily tables, but you're always going to have to add new fields to the to the data file, which kind of defeats the object of having them separately. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you on that one. Uh, usually, when you want to add a, usually when you want to add a feature, you're going to add a field to go along with that. Let's say you're trying to create a report. You're thinking, oh, I don't need any fields with a report. But sometimes you create calculation fields that put together values in an organizational matter that a sub-summary can break it up for you. So even with a report, you're thinking, oh, I don't need to do with the report. I can just add that to the interface file. You still need to do that on occasion. 
but I just, I just don't see it. I mean, the great thing about FileMaker is it's very forgiving. So you can go in and add on to it and add on to it and add on to it. Nobody sets up the database perfectly the first time around. And that's what FileMaker is for, for all the rest of us who don't want to set out and spec out the entire project and then have it be that way for the rest of its life. Right. Now, I have always been opposed to the data separation model. I've never seen any value in it. However, I'm currently working on a project, a rewrite or a redesign of an interface for a very big project for a company that's incredibly busy and very successful. And because I can only get their file to work on over the weekends, I decided that I was going to build the interface in a separate file and use the data separation model to do it. And I have literally cursed it every single time I have to go in and work on it because it's just so much extra work. And I can't, a lot of the stuff I have to do when I've got that data file back from them over the weekends. And yes, it does allow them to carry on working on their system while I'm working on the front end, but it's more work than it was worth it. And I should have just done it the way I was going to do it and just done it over lots of weekends rather than try and get it done quickly at the same time. Yeah, I'd like to try to paint a picture for people why it makes development so difficult. And I'm sure you'll be able to add on to this, Michael, once I'm done. But imagine that you've got a separation model and you want to add in a field. You're obviously in the interface portion because I like to, I'm building a layout and you go, oh, I forgot this field. Okay. So what you have to do is you have to go up to the window menu, choose the data file, go into manage database, create the field, click out of manage database, go to the window menu, switch back to your interface file, and then put the field on the layout. That's just one simple example of how many more clicks it takes. If you've got a single file, which is what FileMaker is built to do, to build in, a, in a, a file that has the data and the interface, you simply go into Manage Database, create the field, and exit, and you're back. It's so much faster. And you're thinking, well, that's not that much slower, but repeat that over and over and over again, and you're very inefficient. And you've got to, even if you're a fast mouse clicker, it's still inefficient. Oh, it's definitely inefficient. And it's annoying having to keep bounce backwards and forwards. It really is. And it does slow the whole process down. As you say, each individual instance is, is a second. But if you're doing that 500 times an hour or whatever, it's a lot of extra work. And, uh, and really, what's the benefit? Because if, I mean, if, if FileMaker crashes, you've got to basically go back to a clean copy of the file and import the data or use the last version. So you're not really saving anything. You're not, it just has no benefit to, that I can see for all the extra work that it involves. And some people love it. I mean, people who are enthusiastic won't develop any other way, but I don't get it. Well, I definitely know a few of my friends just absolutely love it. And the benefit they say, and this is the number one reason, is I can make a change to the interface file and swap it out. And then I don't have to import the current data into the new version because all I'm changing is the interface. But like you said at the beginning, how you know people are always adding stuff, fields and tables to their solutions to support 
all kinds of interface things, global fields, calculations, more fields you didn't know about, you know, it, it constantly being added to, and it really ends up being that you're updating that data file a lot anyhow. And so you're still doing that import. Maybe a couple of times you don't, but I think also things have changed a little bit in, you know, the current, uh, you know, era and that there's a thing called the data migration tool. And if you're a FileMaker developer subscription, FDS, which you can do, it's $99 per year, you can get this cool little tool. And with a few lines of code, it's not very complex. Once you learn it, it's very easy to put together. You can have this data migration tool, which FileMaker Incorporated created, have it pull the data from one FileMaker file to another. It's very easy to do, and it'll just pull. You don't need any scripts. You don't need to map all, all these tables to import. It just knows what to do, and it pulls all the data. And so that takes, I mean, you still have to wait for it to occur. The import still has to happen, but you don't have to spend all that time on those scripts and, uh, you know, updating those scripts. And so it's a really easy way to make sure that uh, another reason, I guess, not to use the the separation model because it makes it so much easier with the data migration tool. Well, the data migration tool basically destroys any argument for using the data separation model because it's completely unnecessary. I think the only argument somebody would make, and just to be on their side of the you know argument, is that you still have to wait for the import to occur. The data migration tool just makes it easier. But frankly, you just run it. I mean, most things aren't going to take hours. I mean, very unusual to have a database that big. But, you know, even if you did, you run it, you know, at nighttime and come back in the morning and, and your, your file's ready to go. People aren't typing in the middle of the night, right? They're, they're going to be, they're going to be uh, you know, sleeping. So it, it really does take another side of that reasoning out of the, the separation model. And... You know, you mentioned it's quite simple to do and you have to write a few lines of code, but there are tools that other FileMaker developers, Productive Computing, for example, have a FileMaker file that does the migration for you. You just select which files you want to use and it does it. 360 Works, one of the biggest plugin developers in the country, they have a pro product called 360 Deploy 2, which will migrate dozens of different versions on multiple servers all at the same time. So for a professional developer who's building a solution commercially, you would use that to just update all of your clients at the same time with a new version. It's incredible. Yeah, and, and just to say a little bit more about Productive Computing's product, I'm not familiar with 360 Works, but all it does for you, and, and it's a simple thing, but it's a very powerful thing, is allows you to drag and drop the two files rather than having to type in the code, which is a little, uh, you know, codish, if I can use that word. It It's going to be a little technical, but again, once you've done it a couple of times, not too hard, but if you want the easy route, you get the Productive Computing tool and you just drag and drop and it'll do the, it'll run the data migration tool for you. Absolutely. And it's, it is a very simple tool. I haven't played with it as yet, but um, it looks really good and uh, very easy. Yeah, it is. I got to use it once and it couldn't be easier. I like the way that they did it. There's a couple other tools on the market and I like theirs the best. But I also want to talk about something that is passionate for me, which is in, in relates to this conversation, which is live development. Okay. And a lot of people are concerned about live development. That means the file's on the server and you need to add a feature. I do it all the time. And I've been doing it for the last 10 years. In fact, FileMaker 
has supported with updates, allowing you to do extra things in that hosted mode. Because it wasn't always that way. People are new to FileMaker, don't realize that certain things couldn't be done when you're hosting a solution. But now just about everything can be done. There's a few little gotchas, like if somebody's editing a record, you can't create a field or a table until they commit that record. But that's not a big deal. You can get around that. But there used to be other disadvantages to live development. But FileMaker along the years has supported live development. As long as you have a good internet connection, in my opinion, most things can be live developed. And that takes the whole import thing equation, you know, you know, takes that out of the equation. So what do I do when I live develop? I don't produce a whole solution off a server. I don't add a major restructure of the solution from the server. But if I want to add a report or if I want to add a button or a script or something that I can do while people are working on the system, adding a new feature that's not dramatic, then I think live development's fine. And I've been doing it for years and people say, well, you're, you're going to corrupt your file. I haven't corrupted a file yet. Yeah. If you're on a, you know, a, a weak signal uh, on your internet connection. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. Like I have a client now in Japan. I won't do live development for them because I just, I can't get a good enough internet connection. But I think that's something people need to consider is one of those things in the, you know, in your tool belt, right? You have the ability to do the separation model. You know, we may not convince you not to do the separation model. You may want to uh, look at using the data migration tool. You may want to look at, uh, you know, live development, all these things and consider which is best for the situation. Right. Now, I do a lot of live development. What I try and do is avoid going into the managed database. I mean, anything on the surface, scripting is on the surface. Adding new fields, obviously, is and relationships is under the surface. And I try not to do that when there are people using it, simply because sometimes somebody goes into a record and you, they're in a record and you can't get out of the managed database while they're doing it. So you have to hunt them down and say, could you please exit the record you're in? So I, I try and avoid doing that part of it until I get the file down. And I'm used to working late at night. And what I had when I, working on a project, I had the client say, okay, just let me know when everybody's gone home for the day. And then I'll go in, close it down on the server, open it up on the server, make the changes, and then get back out and it'll be back up as it was before, but with the changes. But I'm doing live development all the time because a lot of the time client calls up and says, could you do this? And you go, sure, no problem. It's just much easier to be able to do that. And FileMaker has put in lots of checks and balances to make sure that, I mean, if you didn't know this before, in managed database, I'm not sure what version, I can't remember which version this came in. They used to be, if you're creating fields, they were, they were adding it to the schema right there. Now it waits until you click the OK button and writes everything at the once. And so it's a lot safer now to do that because it's not going to go ahead and allow those changes to be written until all of it's been received by the server. So it's got a lot of better communication there and uh, fail safes to make sure that nothing goes wrong. Yeah. I hadn't realized that. And that's a very good point, but uh, yeah, absolutely. It, it really is an incredible tool. John, do you know the reason why FileMaker decided to develop as one particular file where everything could be done in that one file data and interface? Is there a technical reason for that? Because it's unique. Uh, yes, it's 
it is unique. And the reason they did it is because it's easier. It's much easier. It's so easy to do in a single file as demonstrated by my example, than separating that information. Now, maybe it's, there's other tools and ways to do it in other products like Oracle or whatever, but in FileMaker and for people that they're trying to sell to, you know, there are people want to get things done fast. they are people who don't have computer science degrees. Neither of us do. I mean, I have a degree in anthropology, cultural anthropology. I have no background in C++ or programming. I can't say I haven't I've done some of it, but that's what they're appealing to is to people who want to get things done fast and easily. And it's not as easy to have the separation model. It may have some advantages and, uh, you know, outside of uh, FileMaker's reign. Um, and, and, but you can't force that separation model into FileMaker and expect it to work as good as other products. It's just not meant to do that. Yeah, I totally agree, John. I mean, I love the fact that it's all that one environment and you, You've got your data and you've got your file and your relationships and you just you're constantly switching from one to the other and everything is happening all in that one environment, which is just phenomenal. It's kind of like going to Walmart, right? Whether you like Walmart or not, but but you get the idea. It's one stop shopping, right? You go there and it's a bit you can do everything there. Um, probably a bad analogy, but anyhow, I did it. So well. The only way that that analogy works to me, John, is that FileMaker's speed of development is equivalent to Walmart's low prices. <laughs> right, right. So one thing I wanted to bring up uh, about uh, that people are concerned about, and, and this is uh, uh, to say something good about the separation model, and that there are no speed issues with that. It works just as fast as if everything's in one file. So don't worry about speed issues. Often people come up to me and say, well, it's got to be slower, right? No, it's not slower. In fact, if there are times when you use a pseudo separation model, when you have, let's say, a big organization where you have sales and marketing and finance and all these guys working together, but they don't need the same database. They don't need to see all the same stuff. But sometimes there might be shared information between the two or between the two or three databases they might have there. So sales logs onto the sales database, finance log, logs onto the finance database. And there's a little bit of sharing on there. You might even show data directly from sales and finance with the layout. Who knows? But that's that's as far as I want to take it. I don't want to have it all dependent on separating the data. No, and I agree with it. That is a situation where it does make sense because you're fragmenting and separating the information out. And having each department have a separate file for that purpose to keep it, you know, connected and simple is actually a very good use of it. But that, other than that, it's the only good use I can think of it. So another point I want to bring up is security. What happens when you have two files? Well, you have to have the same security in both files. That means when you add a password, you have to add it to the interface file and the data file. Now that's, Somebody's going to say, well, you do, I'll just write a script to create it. But that's the whole point. Then you have to write a script to, et, to update the passwords and, and to add new privilege sets and things. It just, it just gets an, it get to be double the amount of work at that point. Yeah, that's actually one of the real big disadvantages, the fact that you can't share those security settings. If you could, it would be much simpler. But to have to recreate it twice is 
sometimes incredibly complex and time-consuming. And the client has to pay for all that extra work because it's, it's billable time. Absolutely. Uh, another limitation, globals, global variables and global fields are not global to FileMaker, they're global to the file. So to get information, a global field over to another file, you have to pass it through a script or something like that. That's correct. So you just got to remember that there's going to be some things and the, we're, we're just touching on the big ones. There's other little tiny little uh, glitchy things that are going to really annoy you. Like you often have to make the same relationships in both files. That, that gets annoying. I have double the work. Um, so you've just got to make sure that you're choosing the separation model for the right reason. There probably is a time and a place for it. Let's say you had a very simple solution that you knew was never, ever going to go beyond what it's going to do. You might choose a separation model because then if they did need another report or something like that, it might be easier. I can see the possibility with a simple solution doing that, make it easier, but I still probably would make it a single file anyhow. But I, you know, some people may want to fiddle around with it. And if you're going to fiddle around with the separation model, try it on a small project first before you do some big one. Because I know that you're regretting it on your projects. So. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely regretting it. I mean, I do create different versions of some files for different uses, like a mobile application that runs on the iPad, which can connect to the hosted file, but more often than not is run standalone and then we just use a sync routine to move the data between the two. Technically, I suppose that's the separation model too, but I don't regard it as such because it's specific to that application and that requirement. Do you have an example you can cover on, on synchronization, maybe one of your solutions you designed just so people can understand why you'd want to do that, why you'd want to have two separate files? Yeah, actually I do. I'm developing a solution right now for a racing team uh, for a one of the brand name, uh, famous brand name supercars. And they, in the office, they keep track of all the vehicles and all the events and everything they do and all the inventory. But when they go to an event, they're working out of a small um, trailer where they've got all the parts and they put car parts on cars as they come in off the track. And all that's done on a local file running on an iPad that just syncs back at the end of the event back and pushes all the data back into the main solution because they don't need to, to see all of the data that's in the solution. They just need specific things. So the sync routine and the dual file there works incredibly well. And they don't always have internet at these tracks. That's what I was going to mention. I think uh, uh, one of the common scenarios I've I've uh, seen is that you have a salesperson or somebody's out in the field. Uh, I had a client who was taking pictures for insurance, and they'd be down in basements and in in uh, abandoned buildings and wherever they might be, and they have no internet access, so they can't have a live connection. Obviously, synchronizing makes the project more complex. So you have to have a good reason to do it, either no internet connection or you don't need to see all the stuff and you want a, the, the speed of a, a local file. Right. Now, do you use a UUID in those solutions instead of serial numbers? Always. Oh, I never use serial numbers. 
Ah, well, there's where we'll differ, but go ahead. I just don't believe in them because it's too easy for them to get duplicated. And with the UUID, there's absolutely no possibility. Yeah, I like serial numbers because I can change them. It's the same reason you don't like them. But we'll we'll stay off that tangent because that's probably the subject of another another podcast. I want to emphasize though that FileMaker is designed to work in a single file environment. That's what the developers are designing. They're not designing FileMaker, even though it can be done to be separated into data and interface. This is so everything they've done to develop the product from the beginning has been along this. Everything's designed to work with that. And so if you don't work within those confines, things are going to be more difficult. Yep. You know, and our job as developers really is is KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. It's the motto we, you and I both live by. And why complicate things when you don't need to? And this is why where we talked about the other day with native new new technologies and native te- native filemaker. Why complicate things? Because it just takes time that somebody has to pay for. Yeah, and I think we're both really. Uh, it's important for us to be considerate of our clients' money. I always try to save them money as much as possible. I mean, you've got to weigh that against other factors, like we want to make sure that it works as quickly as possible and things like that. But money is certainly one of those things that's at the top of the list. Well, it's about delivering value for money. I mean, FileMaker is an incredibly fast application development environment. We can build something very quickly, but we can also take a module that we've developed from another solution and just move it and copy it into a new solution we're working on. So we don't have to charge for the same thing twice, just a little bit of time to, you know, bolt it in and make some changes, but we can definitely save it. Anyway, I think we've been going on for probably long enough on this subject and people might start getting bored. So what do you think, John? Should we give it a, give it, call it a day on this one? I've made all the points I want. And I think that final point about FileMaker is designed to work the way it works and not in a two-file scenario is is really uh, the the thrust of what we're trying to say. It's designed that way. And so there's not much else to say, but hopefully we'll give you some reasons and, and things to think about about the subject so that, you know, you really should try the separation model, maybe not necessarily with a, a client uh, project or something, but try it out and see how it works and really get a, a feel for what we're talking about because experience makes the big difference. Absolutely. Well, I'm Michael Rashad, and I've been talking to John Mark Osborne. And if you have any comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at info at firesidefilemaker.com. And we look forward to hearing from you, and we look forward to hearing you, seeing you at the next podcast. It's bye from me. Happy filemaking. You've been listening to Fireside Filemaker, a podcast with John Mark Osborne and Michael Rashad. We'd love to hear what you think, so please email us at info at firesidefilemaker.com. That's info at firesidefilemaker.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.